Well, here I am. I'm back. It's Wednesday, June 6th. I believe it's the 50th anniversary of Robert F. Kennedy getting shot to death in the, uh, what is it called? The Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. So, you know what? That sucked. That was really bad for America. Okay? But you know what? RFK died for our sins. And now, because of that, I can safely record this podcast from the comfort of the front seat of my Honda Civic Hybrid, which is almost paid off. I keep saying that, but it's... (laughs) I swear to God, it's almost there. Okay, I know I'm a couple days late on uploading a new podcast, but guess what? I'm still dealing with the aftermath of the Red Bull spill on my previous MacBook Pro, which is, it's basically a paperweight. So if anybody wants to buy a, uh, I think it's a late 2012 model MacBook Pro, the hard drive has been removed, it's uh, for parts, hit me up. Hit me up on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. A lot of you creeps love to hit me up on Instagram or Facebook Messenger. Maybe if if one of you creeps who tries to sex me all the time bought my MacBook Pro for parts, I would be friendlier to you. Okay? So that's neither here nor there. Okay? But basically, because my previous MacBook Pro has been trashed, you know, I haven't had intro music uh, to the podcast because the music files that I use for the intro music are you know, on the hard drive of my previous computer and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just hard. It's hard out here. I'm one woman. Okay. I'm one woman. I'm one very successful woman who owns a Honda Civic Hybrid. I'm one very successful woman who just ate a Subway sandwich in her car on her lunch break. I'm independent. Okay. That's right. I ate a spicy Italian Subway sandwich in my car on my lunch break because nobody tells me what the fuck I do. Okay. You know what's so depressing is, so I work in Beverly Hills and a lot of people eat in Subway here, surprisingly. (laughs) You'd be surprised the type of people who go into the Beverly Hills Subway sandwich store on Wilshire Boulevard, the 9600 block specifically. But the guy ahead of me paid for his Subway sandwich with an American Express black card. I'm not making this up, folks, okay? Subway is for the people, by the people, filled with plastic. Well, I think they fixed that, didn't they? Years ago, there was the plastic problem, and now the problem is just, you know, the long-term association with a pedophile. (laughs) I don't know. What do they have in their commercials now? Who knows? Excuse me, I have to take a sip of my drink. Yeah, sorry, I I got a little flummy. (sighs) So, yeah, somebody please buy my MacBook Pro for parts. And I I do have another MacBook Pro, but I haven't transferred uh, my hard drive to it yet. I need to have somebody else do that for me because I don't want to fuck it up and lose, you know, my life's work, which does partially consist of an unpublished book of poetry tentatively titled, You're a Handsome Motherfucker and I Wish I Never Met You. Okay, uh, and I, I think it will be published soon. <laughs> I want people to know that I'm not just a one trick pony. I'm not just a comedic genius on stage, guys. I'm deep too. Okay. I write poems about men who have wronged me. Okay. I am a multifaceted artist. 
So there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about today. And first off, can I, let me just say, just to get into the, uh, since we did touch on RFK Jr.'s assassination earlier, uh, just to touch on uh, politics here in Los Angeles, there was a, uh, a primary election yesterday in California. I did vote, folks. I got up at uh, 6.45 yesterday and I voted before work. Okay. Listen. I am the pinnacle of responsibility. I'm ultra responsible. I take care of myself. I go to work. I pay my bills, pay my student loans, pay the car payment for the Honda Civic Hybrid, pay all my other bills. (laughs) Okay. And nobody has to tell me to do anything twice. Okay. In fact, nobody tells me what to do, as I said earlier. But yeah, I went and voted. Okay. And no, I did not vote for Antonio... Uh, he has a fake last name. I found this out. So his original last name, I think, was Via. And then he got married to a woman who had the last name Rayigosa. And then he combined them to make it Via Rayigosa. So it wasn't even like a, that's not even like a real name. He like made it up. It, it, it Like some cuck shit. I don't understand. Look, I don't encourage the use of the word cuck, but in this case I do. <laughs> But anyway, I did not vote for him. I found out that he uh, used to work for Herbalife. And if you don't know what Herbalife is, it is a pyramid scheme that mostly targets uh, Latinos. Okay. They take advantage of Latino people, but they're pyramid scheme. And he used to work for them. And then also, I guess he he's never passed the bar exam. He went to law school and he failed the bar exam four times. Like you basically have to be brain dead to do that. I mean, California does have the most difficult bar exam in the entire country, but it's for good reason. I mean, there's a lot of uh, laws here that you need to be aware of, but to fail it four times just shows that you're just like a lazy loser, POS. So I did not vote for him. I did vote for Gavin Newsom, who uh, I guess got first place in the primary. But anyway, regardless, so I voted Okay. And then, you know, like any uh, good American, I went to an open mic last night. Okay. Because I do like to still uh, mingle with the people, you know, uh, say hello to, you know, some of the people who are a little, (laughs) they're still in the trenches. Yeah. So I went to an open mic and I was having a conversation with uh, Ryan Thomas. Okay. Short, short convo. You know, hey, Ryan. And uh, we're talking about voting. And this guy who I don't even know, first off, he's smoking a cigarette. Okay. And I I do not want anybody who is smoking a cigarette near me or around me or in my face. I hate the smell of cigarettes. And if, and if you're like blowing smoke in anybody's direction, you're a POS. Okay. So this guy who I don't even know, he comes up. He comes up to me and he goes, you do realize that your vote doesn't count. And guys, I got mad for a few reasons. First of all, I'm I'm having a conversation with somebody else. I'm not speaking to you. How how dare you even speak to me? Why are you do you dare speak to me, sir? Not even not sir. Okay, you don't deserve that. But you're interrupting me. I don't know you. Who the fuck are you? Okay? Second of all, he's coming over here to tell me something that is not true. Okay, it's not true. First off, you know, if he's one of these people who thinks that the presidential election is rigged, which it obviously isn't, because we know who 
is in office right now. And if and if these people who think that elections are rigged, if they were rigged and they think Hillary Clinton is evil and was rigging elections, don't they think she would be in office? Isn't that what they think? This is just my the logic I see here in these people. You know, they think votes don't count. They think voting is pointless. They don't vote. They're losers. They're irresponsible. I mean, to be honest, if if it's 2018, which it is, according to uh, the uh, Anno uh, Domini calendar, it is 2018 AD, the year of our Lord. Okay. And if you're not voting, you're just irresponsible. You're just an irresponsible person. Okay. Especially if you're American and, you know, we're all descended from immigrants you know, chances are somebody in your family line died for you to be able to be in this country and to vote. Okay, it's as simple as that. Okay, so by not voting, you're not only disrespecting yourself as an American, you're disrespecting your ancestors. You're disrespecting the people who suffered for you, the people who struggled to come over here. Guess what? I Well, let me see. So on my dad's side, I think I'm like, oh gosh, I guess I'm fourth generation American on my dad's side. But on my mom's side, I'm second generation American. My grandparents were not born here. Okay. But they came here for a reason because they wanted better lives. Okay. And guess what? I'm able to do that. I'm able to perform stand-up comedy. Okay. And own a Honda Civic Hybrid because my grandparents made some fucking sacrifices. So guess what? I'm going to get up at 7 in the morning and I'm going to go fucking vote. Simple as that. Okay? I do not disrespect my ancestors in this way. So anywho, this guy, you know, he gets in my face. He's like, you do know your vote doesn't count, right? And I, yeah, and I just lose it at this point. First of all, it's like 10 p.m. at night. He dares... How do you even dare to look at me or speak to me? <laughs> like, I don't even know who you are. And you're just like saying this? Like, you're sick. And then I told him, I was like, I don't even know who you are. And then he gets this really cocky look on his face and he goes, well, you will. You know, implying that I'm going to see his, you know, his three minute open mic act and I'm going to be so blown away that I, I'm going to apologize to him. And I legitimately said to him, look... I'm an established comedian in Los Angeles. I don't know who you are. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to know who you are. Okay. Just the gall of these people who speak to me is unbelievable. I can't believe it. So, you know, that was my experience. Um, you know, go vote in November, guys. What can I say? I, I actually, and I'll tell you this straight up. I stopped being friends with somebody because they told me they don't vote. And they're, and they're like proud that they don't vote. It's like so weird, but they won't admit it publicly. And I think that's like, I mean, obviously they're ashamed. And I don't know if they like thought that telling me that they don't vote like was cool and that I thought it, that I would think it was cool that they don't vote. But really, I just think they're an irresponsible adult and that they're gross. You know, <laughs> like you're just a gross, irresponsible person. You know, if you can't bother to vote like once or twice a year, then what does your house look like? You know, what are you doing? Are you organized? Do you have a 401k? I don't know. 
You're probably not. You know, and it's funny, though, because this person is a comedian and they're constantly posting these like anti-Trump opinions on social media, yet they cannot be bothered to vote. They told me and, and they said they've never registered to vote. And they were like, well, it's my right not to vote. Well, yeah, guess what? It is your right. But guess what? It's 2018. You're a woman and you're descended from immigrants. So maybe you should vote. People died for you to be here. Okay. <sighs> Once again, what did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Um, did anybody read about Anna Delvey? Does anybody know who this is? So this is a woman who is currently imprisoned in Rikers Island. Okay, and she is some sort of scam artist who basically scammed a bunch of people in New York into thinking she was like some rich heiress from Germany. But really, she was like this broke out. Well, I don't think she was that broke, but I think she's originally from Russia and her real name is Anna Sorokin. Um, But she she scammed like hundreds of thousands of dollars by writing herself bad checks. So if anybody wants to read about this, so there is... um, there's an article that was in The Cut. It's dated May 28th, 2018. And the title of the article is, Maybe she had so much money, she just lost track of it. Somebody had to foot the bill for Anna Delvey's fabulous new life. The city was full of marks. So basically what this chick did is she like scammed a bunch of people in New York into like thinking she was this uh, German heiress. And she befriended a girl who worked the front desk at a hotel in Soho. And these people are so stupid, right? That they <laughs> they just, like, they just fall for everything. So, like, you know, the whole web of lies started to fall apart because, you know, this girl, she was staying in the hotel. And it was, like, $400 a night. And eventually she had a bill for, like, $30,000 in the hotel and she couldn't pay it. And people were like, oh, she's good for it. It's like, no, she's not. But <laughs> I'm really surprised that this type of story could happen in this uh, era. Because I think this was going on in like 2015, 2016. And I was just... It, first off, this article is so long. So don't read it unless you have, you know, enough time to go through it. But like one of the first signs that she was a scam artist is that, you know, so she has a friend uh, pay for her uh, plane ticket and travel to go to Venice and it's like two or three thousand dollars, you know, but the guy's like, oh, it's not that much money. But like, you know, to other people, that is a lot of money, you know. Um, so eventually she um, uh, so she had the hotel bill. She couldn't pay the hotel bill. And then she was trying to buy uh, a building for like, no, she's trying to get investors for some sort of club that would have been like Soho House. And she was trying to get like twenty five million dollars in investments. <laughs> Which is crazy, okay? That's a lot of money. And then she got uh, some attorney who is linked to, is it a guy in the big short or something like that? Anyway, everybody fell for this. She was also friends with uh, Martin Shkreli. Martin How do you say his name? The guy who bought the Wu-Tang album, Martin Shkreli. Is he in prison also for um, upping the prices of... Uh, uh, drugs well there was one interesting thing in the article where it said that um if anybody ever pissed her off she would buy their name as a domain name and make them buy it back from her <laughs> and i think that's a great idea like honestly 
the next time somebody really gets on my bad side, I will buy their name as a domain name. But I can tell right away reading this article that it's definitely going to be made into a movie. And I just want to say that I do not want Jennifer Lawrence in this movie. I mean, first off, I think she'd be a little too old for this so far. I think the girl was like 22 when she was scamming everybody. I don't know. But I don't know. She's in jail. And she said that she, uh, she said on the news the other day that Rikers Island isn't that bad. Maybe it's not. You know, you get free food, free shelter. <laughs> but yeah, look this chick up, Anna Delvey. So there's that article on the cut. And then there's another article about her in Vanity Fair. And it's called, as an added bonus, she paid for everything. My Bright Lights Misadventure with a Magician of Manhattan. See, that's the thing. You know, like people are just like so fooled by money. That's all they care about, you know. So they just let people fool them for everything. So bizarre. Please read this story. Um... Another thing in the realm of articles, I do want to say that um, I am glad that I'm no longer dating somebody who is obsessed with Jordan Peterson. I think that's dangerous. <laughs> I think that Jordan Peterson is starting to become like sort of like this, you know, this um, idol for, well, I guess kind of like insult culture or like red pill culture. Um, and I had a boyfriend who was like obsessed with Jordan Peterson and, you know, he was like, oh, He's, you know, he's like the greatest intellectual of our time. I was like, is he? Because he's not. Um, so here's an interesting article, if you want to look this up, on the New York Times. It's basically a takedown of Jordan Peterson. I'm a little late on this, but it's called Jordan Peterson, Custodian of the Patriarchy. And it's written by a girl named Nellie Bowles, okay? So <laughs> the thing about Jordan Peterson is that he has this idea that you know, men and women are supposed to fill like certain archetypes. Um, and he thinks that, you know, men are supposed to be the, prov the providers and women are supposed to be, you know, housewives, basically, right? I mean, that's one of the ideas he talks about is how like, masculinity in the traditional sense is basically um, being compromised in today's society, uh, especially, you know, via, I don't know, the feminist movement or whatever he says so here's a quote in here let's let's read a little bit in this article toronto jordan peterson fills huge lecture halls and tells his audiences there's no shame in looking backward to a model of how the world should be arranged look back to the 1950s he says and back even further he tells his audiences that they are smart he's bringing them knowledge yes but it is knowledge that they already know and feel in their bones. He casts this as ancient wisdom, delivered through religious allegories and fairy tales which contain truth, he says, that modern society has forgotten. Most of, ideas, st most of his ideas stem from a gnawing anxiety around gender. The masculine spirit is under assault, he told me. It's obvious. In Mr. Peterson's world, order is masculine. Chaos is feminine. And if an overdose of femininity is our new poison, Mr. Mr. Peterson knows the cure. Hence his new book subtitle, An Antidote to Chaos. Hmm, okay. Uh, we have to rediscover the eternal values and then live them out, he says. So basically, he has this legion of like young, uh, mostly white men, 
following him and paying him money. The article says that he makes over $80,000 a month from Patreon donations, which is infuriating. Uh, That's unbelievable. But I guess the reason why this bothers me so much is because, you know, my, my last boyfriend had this very, like, he had some very backward ideas about how things should be. You know, about, and it was kind of ironic because he had this like strange idea in his head that, you know, men should always pursue women and, you know, men are supposed to be in control and men are supposed to be powerful and all this and all that. But when it came down to it, he was none of that stuff. And he had no, um, he, he didn't want to pursue the things he said he wanted to pursue. Like he was kind of like weak of mind and, in certain ways. And then he got angry with me because he was, I don't know, jealous of my success or something. Oh, God. So exhausting. Like, I remember, so he also did comedy, allegedly. And uh, <laughs> so he was booked on a show once and I, I go to the show. And then afterward, the host gives me a date on the show for the future. And he gets all mad at me acting like, I only went to see the show to get booked on a future show when really that's not the case, you know? So he was just like mad that I was doing something with my life and he was resentful for me for, you know, uh, doing kind of a decent job in my life. So that's it. Hmm. What else? Yeah, so I I do not recommend Jordan Peterson. Hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of his uh, fanboys are definitely getting a little out of control. So, (sighs) do not fall for it. In his book, what is it called? It's called like 12 Rules or something. I think one of them is like clean your room. Whatever. Everybody knows to do that. So... (laughs) I'm I'm just glad glad to be free of that. Glad to be free of a, a Jordan Peterson lover. Okay. <sighs> um, one last thing. So, um a lot of people ask me for advice on how to like do well in comedy. If I knew that I <laughs> first off I wouldn't tell you. Okay. And second of all, I ate a subway sandwich in my car today. I'm recording my podcast in my car. Well, you know what? I guess what? That that does kind of show initiative. It does kind of show, dare I say, hustle. Um, But last night somebody was asking me, you know, how to get booked more in comedy and how to get more successful in comedy. And honestly, I mean, first thing, the first thing you need is like decent material that you feel proud enough to put on tape. And then the next thing you need is a good tape. And then the next thing you need after that is the, um, <clears throat> basically the confidence to send your tape to bookers to book you. And then, um, also he asked me how to start going out of town. And I told him like, honestly, like you basically have to be willing to take a loss, uh, the first, you know, several years you're doing it because you're going to be traveling out of town And the most important thing you're going to be doing is making connections with other comics. You know, that's why I do festivals, is to meet other comics in other cities. 
Um, so that's, you know, one of the things I would advise somebody to do is just to build connections in other cities. Okay. If I knew anything beyond that, I would be even more successful than I am now and I'm not. So, okay. That's all I have to say about that. Um, so this week in comedy, where am I? Uh, so tomorrow night and, and right into the podcast, if you have any actual questions, (laughs) unrulypodcast.gmail.com um okay so this week in comedy uh tomorrow night i am at the hollywood hotel performing on something called understand up i don't know i guess i'm giving like a ted talk on a topic i have no idea um that's at 8 30 p.m at the hollywood hotel then I'm at uh, Set List at the Pack Theater at 10.30 doing an improvised stand-up set. Uh, then this Friday night at 10 p.m. I am performing on the 4th Annual Laugh Riot Girl Festival at Dow Comedy Studio. Um, anything else coming up? Oh, I have therapy uh, tomorrow morning at 8. <laughs> and I have Pilates on Saturday morning at 10. So... I will be at therapy and Pilates at those times. Um, yeah, anything else, uh, go to my website, unrulymaruli.com. I will have a new episode with a guest uh, up sometime at the end of the weekend, Sunday, Monday. I'm not sure if Sunday, Monday is a good day to release podcasts or if Monday, Tuesday is better. I'm I'm experimenting with all of that. But our last episode got a lot of... Uh, a lot of listens which i was very uh surprised to see uh so thanks to todd gossage for coming on the podcast and being a good sport um so i guess for now that's it um stay safe out there do not read jordan peterson and stay away from the anna delvies of the world guys okay just uh just have a have a good life be safe out there it's wednesday so you're you're almost through the week okay